ready, baby? This thing on? Jimmy's on vacation, so I'm just going to take over and say, yes, it is on. Well, we are on an unusual day of the week. I know. He doesn't work more than one day a week. No, he doesn't. It's a union thing. Yeah, interferes with his drinking. (laughs) Not that our show prevents him or precludes him from drinking. It certainly doesn't affect his sleep schedule to record shows. No. Hello. Hi, baby. Hey, what's going on? You know, kicking it old school. It's the only way we know how. That's right. This is Counting Worms, not the movie. The The podcast. podcast. The one with all the merch. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so this is this is a special extra edition, isn't it? Yeah, it's a special delivery. Ooh, outside of our normal delivery schedule. Right. This is exciting. Yeah. I I haven't heard any of this stuff. I know what the topic is, but I well, this is all going to be news to me. Because you follow us on social media. Right. And so you saw. That I received a special delivery. I did. And with that special delivery, we received a special request. We did. So we're enjoying it. We're partaking of it with a little salt and lime. Right. Uh, And uh, so we are trying not to squeeze any of that salt and lime into our eyeballs. Yeah, that would not be fun. And if you did not see the special request... What do we have to do to get you to check out Instagram at counting underscore worms underscore podcast, Twitter at worms counting, or Facebook? You are missing out on some amazing, amazing things. That's right. I mean, that means you missed out on the stupid criminals photos. Oh, those were goodies. Oh, those were so good. You missed out on the Heron's huge stash of Christmas present pot. That was a good one, yeah. Yeah. And now you've missed out on the very clever hint of this bonus episode. You would have known it was coming. You would have known days in advance. Quit living in the dark age. You, you Luddites. Luddites. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say that. <laughs> Hi, that, Pops. Oh yeah, That was hilarious stuff. <laughs> and you are now the last to know. And I'm going to tell you, spoiler alert, that was not an accident that he said the M word. There's going to be a surprise coming, a free big announcement about stuff about merch. I mean, there's going to be something coming. And if you're not familiar with at least one of our social media things, you're going to regret it. Yeah, you are. Okay, so I'm just going to say... You're going to regret it. You're just saying? Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, so... So what are we doing here recording this? What is this all about? Well, first, we have a little thing that we normally do. Yeah, what's that called? Worm News! Worm News! Body time! Excellent! All right, so <laughs> in October of last year, so just a few months ago, an amazing new exhibit opened at the Paris Zoo. Oh. One you will not want to miss. They unveiled the blob, 
This is an organism with no brain, but 720 sexes. Oh? Yeah, sounds nice, right? Sweet. Yeah. The slimy substance is a yellowish, unicellular, small, living being, which looks like a fungus, but acts like an animal. The blob has no eyes, no stomach, and no mouth. But don't you worry, it can certainly sense food, it does eat, and it does digest it. It moves with no arms, no legs, and no wings, and it can heal itself within two minutes. Quote, the blob is a living being which belongs to one of nature's mysteries. It surprises us because it has no brain, but is able to learn. And if you merge two blobs, then the one that has learned will transmit its knowledge to the other. What? (laughs) Said Bruno David. Who's that? Director of the Paris Museum of Natural History, of which the zoological park is a part. Hmm. He goes on to say that the... That currently, scientists know for sure the blob is not a plant. But they can't say whether or not it's an animal or maybe a fungus. This is why I don't trust scientists. (laughs) He said, quote, It behaves very surprisingly for something that looks like a mushroom. And then he goes on to remind us that the blob has the behavior of an animal since it has the ability to learn. And I think maybe they should just ask it. How do they know it can learn? Because it, they teach it things. I mean, I guess it, it does It can math. count to what? Five, maybe? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Scientists. And in closing, in case you were wondering, it is true. The blob was, in fact, named after the 1958 sci-fi movie where the alien blob tries to eat everything in its path. I mean, nerds do have a sense of humor after all. I will, I will, in fact, I will, in fact, post a picture of the blob on our social media. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. What does it look like? Um, Don't you dare say a blob. (laughs) (laughs) It's a yellowish, unicellular, small living being that looks like a fungus. You know what I look like today? What? You ever seen that poster of Albert Einstein with his tongue sticking out and his yeah. hair going in all different directions? That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty <laughs> accurate. Oh, uh, lordy. So, so that's the blob. Well, thank you for that. That was 720 fun. sexes. No brain. So what does basically, that mean? So it's like a guy that's 19. <laughs> looks looks kind of like a 19-year-old male. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I'm getting a vision of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, kind of like that. I see. And he's French. Yeah. A lot of personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except no brain. So tell me, what is this crazy extra episode all about? Yeah. So I want to see if everyone guessed it correctly. Did they know today's bonus episode was coming? Were they on our social media? 
by special request. Drum roll, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The coronavirus. Oh. So for those of you that did not check out social media, I had delivered to me a giant bottle of Corona, and just the word Corona was showing, and then under it, taped over the rest of it, was what the biohazard symbol. That's right. (laughs) That was pretty clever. Yeah, it was pretty clever. And the little note was, would you, you know, could you please make this your next episode? And I thought it was so good that, of course, how could I deny a request like that? Um, But, of course, the problem was that the next episode, uh, you know, we just did selfies. And then, of course, I won't tell you what it is, but we already had our next episode done. So we had to get kind of, we had to squeeze this one in. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't going to say no. No, we do. You, you we know, don't say we don't no. Say no. You no. deliver a giant bottle of Corona. I We're mean, this givers. Is, this is a big one. Yeah. I mean, it's a big bottle of Corona. That's true. So, you know, we if if our voices all start trailing off during this and we start giggling a lot, it's just the Corona. It's the Corona talking. Yeah, it's Corona time. Isn't that what the commercials say? Mm, Something like that. It's cor- no, I don't think so. No. So anyway. <laughs> It's wow. Miller time. No, oh, it's Miller time. Well, this is Corona. Right. So anyway, first, let's talk about the outbreak that began in Wuhan, China. They have named it the novel coronavirus. Novel meaning new. And the coronavirus, well, that family is a big one. That's a big family. Yeah. Lots of cousins. Lots. That's a big family. The new strain started in a large seafood and animal market. And originally, everyone who had it was connected to that market. Hmm. So scientists believed it began as a zoonotic disease. And if you guys remember, that means it started as a disease that came from animals. Makes sense. Yeah. So you had to be near a sick animal to get it. But then something bad happened. You know, bad things happen. Bad things happen to good people. So as time progressed, they started having people pop up that were sick with no connection to the market. Mm. Mm. That means a mutation had occurred. Now it appears it can be spread from person to person. (sighs) The thing we do not know yet is just how contagious it really is. You see, viruses can vary widely in just how easy they are to contract. Measles, for instance, are hideously easy and notorious for being super dangerous. Have you ever heard a news report that goes like this? Hey, doctors indicate, or reports indicate, somebody we now know has measles was in the grocery store. So if you were in the same store between 9 a.m. or 2 p.m., you have to go to the doctor right away. You ever heard of a, mm-hmm. a news report like that? I have. 
And did you ever stop to think, who the hell shops for groceries for five hours? 9 a.m. to 2 p.m.? That's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Well, probably nobody's in the grocery store for that long. But here's the thing. Exhaled air from the lungs of an infected person with measles are contagious. And the measles virus can live floating in the air, ready to infect someone else for a full two hours after that person is gone. Jeez. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. So if that person said, well, I was in that store sometime between like 11 and 12, they have to do a two-hour window before and after to fully protect the public. That's pretty scary. That is scary. That is very infectious. So if all they did was breathe the air in that grocery store sometime between 11 and 12, they have to give a window of 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Because it's that highly infectious. That means that that viral particle that is still infectious was still active that entire time. Wow. And contagious. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm with you. And so currently, we don't know the infectious rate of this new virus, the novel coronavirus. It could be like Ebola and require contact with the actual body fluids like snot or the cough or the sneeze droplets, we don't really know. It, it could be not infectious, like Ebola, where you have to actually get in there and touch the snot. Or it could be like measles, and just breathing the same air gets you infected. Okay. But it could also be anywhere in between. And sadly, with new strains and new mutations, the only way we find out is it takes time and studying them to get these answers. And, of course, that's not what the general public wants to hear. No. <laughs> no. But the good news is, as I mentioned, the coronavirus family is a large one. And so we can base some of what we can expect off the virus's closest related cousins. Now, of course, bringing up Ebola. That brings me to a real quick side note. If you listen to season one, skippers, shame on you. But let's assume you did. Since you heard our fabulous Ebola episode, you heard me discuss with some detail the fact that viruses always borrow the host cell's machinery. That's how they replicate. And that's how mutations are constantly occurring in viruses. So Ebola is so terrifying because of the constant threat that we're one host and therefore one mutation away from it becoming airborne. That's what we're so afraid of. Uh. You know, right now, it's only body fluids that spreads Ebola, but we're afraid that it's going to become airborne too. Um, and a virus like the novel coronavirus is one mutation away from being having the infectivity of measles. Or perhaps the morbidity of its more famous cousins, which you may have actually already heard of these other viruses in the corona family without even realizing it, because they have already made headlines in past years, 
and you've heard of them, I bet. Have you ever heard of SARS? I have. What about MERS? I've heard of that, too. Yeah, that's where you insert the spooky music right here. Oh, you should have prepped me yeah, on that. Yeah, right? I could have hooked you up. Yeah. Now, I bet I have everyone's attention. SARS and MERS are both coronavirus. Mm. They're just a different strain. They're both corona. Why are they always starting in China? What's going on in China? Well, MERS is Middle East. Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. Oh, I'll edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the CDC and the WHO right now are telling you there's absolutely no threat. Everyone needs to chill. But the truth is that the family of coronaviruses are deadly and dangerous. <laughs> they, are, they are not a nice bunch. And MERS kills... 37% of those infected, and none of the coronavirus strains have a vaccine. So what are they? Let me tell you. They're a crazy big group of diseases affecting all kinds of animals, like everything from cattle to cats to bats, chickens, ferrets, dogs, mice, pigs, all the way to your pet hedgehog. We all get sick from corona. We just get different kinds of coronavirus. It's an ancient enemy of the animal kingdom that has been traced definitively to 8,000 years ago. Oh, boy. That's an old virus. Damn viruses. Yeah, I'm telling you. That is a long time ago. But we didn't identify it until the 1960s. So it's a sneaky little devil. It is an RNA virus and was named Corona because when you look at it under a microscope, it appears to have a little halo around it. Oh, that's oh, sweet. Isn't it cute? But so they're not all bad. No, it's not because it's an angel. Okay. So it looks like those balls that have the sucker cups that go all the way around it. You said balls. Yeah, I did. Um, and, you know, the ones that have the little suckers that stick out. And yeah. you can throw them against the wall. Oh, right, right, right. You know, you yeah. throw them against the wall and they stick and right. then they walk down the wall mm -hmm. with the little suction cups. Um, and those little suckers that stick out of the, the cell are the infectious part. So let's not get attached to how cute they are. Those are the little bastards. Okay. Okay, that's, it's not cool. All right. So all of the coronaviruses cause pretty serious respiratory tract infections, and to generalize, just to generalize, they're spread through infected people coughing and sneezing, and by touching an infected person's hands or face, or by touching things such as doorknobs that an infected person has touched. Hmm. So I'm all over, we should make it a criminal offense not to cough and sneeze into your elbow. I mean, I, wa I personally always feel like we should just strangle people who don't cover their cough and sneezes. Or even worse, you know, the person who coughs straight into their hand. Because, I mean, you know they're then going to take their hand and touch the doorknob and pick up a pin and, you know. And yeah, but once germs are on one surface, they don't transfer to another one. Right. Do they? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They always stay put. I mean, they don't have any feet, so they can't walk. Right. That's the way I've always thought of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm convinced that people that cough in directly into their hand are literally 
intentionally trying to kill everyone. You think? Yeah, I'm. I think so. Okay. Um, I mean, if nothing else, they're real creeps because who wants to slime their own hand? I mean, yeah. that's really gross. Anyway, that is pretty gross. It just ugh. anyway. So those are weirdos. <laughs> but anyway, and if that includes any of you out there in podcast land. No we now we know you, who you are. No, no, no. But we, we love you. We know who you are. Rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, we know who you are. You are <laughs> trying just, to kill the rest just of Just cough us. in your elbow. Yeah. From this point forward. Yeah. We'll call it a deal. Yeah. And if you don't, then I know what you're trying to do. I know, I know what you're trying to do. You're a psychopath. Almost everyone gets a coronavirus infection at least once in their life. And usually it's when you're a kid. And it's almost always in fall and winter. But anyone can come down with a coronavirus at any time. Especially if you have kids. Because they do pride themselves on being walking Petri dishes. <laughs> you know. That is true. Uh, the hope, though, is that given the large nature of this uh, viral family, that you'll get one of the less aggressive strains and think, oh, I've got a cold. And in three to five days, you're totally over it. Currently, we're seeing evidence that the novel coronavirus is going to be a little nastier than that. Uh, it looks like it will run at around a 10% fatality rate. That's, that is my guess. I'm just, I'm just estimating that based on what I've seen so far. And that it's going to have a much higher than normal infection rate. Uh, not probably, you know, not measles infection rate, but, but it's going to be higher than Ebola. Um, containment is essential to prevent further mutation into a possible more serious situation or pandemic. Um, symptoms appear in two to 14 days. I know that's not a very reliable window, but I told you before, viral viruses rely on a lot. An initial viral load, for instance, meaning did you get one virus or did you get a hundred thousand when you were first infected mm. because they have to infect your cell take it over start making baby viruses then make enough baby viruses for that cell to explode then the baby viruses go to the next cells take them over start making baby viruses and on and on so this has to occur enough times for your immune system to kick in and then for you to start showing symptoms so whether or not you started with one virus or a hundred, that you know that matters, and that that kind of determines whether you show a symptom in two days or ten days, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, the symptoms are what you would expect: fever, cough, shortness of breath. That's what's kind of looking to be what's normal for the novel coronavirus. And for corona in general, it's going to be a runny nose, a sore throat, cough, fever, you know, all the other cold and flu symptoms, the stuff you know what to expect. Um, so how do you know if you have it? Let me just tell you, you are not going to like the answer. Oh, no. <laughs> the here come the here symptoms. Here, no, no, no. Oh, no. The CDC is the only team in the United States that can test you for the novel coronavirus. Because it is an it is an RNA test, uh, and 
I do mean they are the only team, the CDC in Atlanta. Jeez. Yeah. That's why whenever, you know, we had a, a kid in Texas at Texas mm-hmm. A&M that was being tested for it. He had made a trip to China, and it took a long time for, all, for the news media to finally say, no, he doesn't have it. And that's because all of, all of his lab results had to be sent to the CDC. And the CDC had to do the testing and then had to send everything back. That's so crazy. One, one facility can tell you whether or not you got it. All right. Um, so for all the other coronaviruses, your doctor won't even bother to test you. Tell me <laughs> if you've heard this before. Uh, get plenty of rest, drink lots of fluid, and take over-the-counter medication to ease your symptoms. You heard that before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're not even going to bother testing you for the other coronaviruses. Because in most countries where health and wellness is, in theory, the norm, um, by the time they could get test results back that you have... You're one, dead. No, you're feeling better. <laughs> oh. And as a reminder, you can't cure a virus with antibiotics. And viruses, viruses aren't, are a big debate. We don't know if they're alive. So we don't know if we can kill them. So there's really nothing they can give you. Scientists. I know. Science is great. Not, not unlike those prions. I don't I trust mean, them. Yeah, we, we can't really do a lot about it. Uh, it's called supportive care. Mm. Supportive care. We haven't cr- cured the cold, we ha- the common cold. We haven't cured corona. We haven't cured influenza. We haven't cured HIV. We haven't cured Ebola. There, you sensing a theme? You can't cure a virus. What we can do is we can give you supportive care. And supportive care, uh, when you've got the sniffles, is... Get the hell out of my office. A box of Kleenex. Yeah, get out of my office. Right. So does that make you a little angry? And if so, good. I'm okay with that, and I'll tell you why. Because at least here in Texas, right now, is cold and flu season. In fact, we're at, a, we're at the peak of cold uh, flu season, and people are dying of the flu in Texas. And we, it, we don't go more than a few days without another report of another child or another person dying of the flu. Um, and the flu is just another respiratory illness just like corona. So let's talk about that. You go to the doc, the hospital, whatever. And nurses care. And we know that. They bust their asses. But insurance companies say, hey, you know what? They got the sniffles. They got the flu. Give them a sucker. Take their temperature. Give them some Theraflu and send them home. And yet you feel like hammered dog crap. And most of the time that whole rest and fluid speech, usually it does the trick. Right. Usually. But. Mm. But. There's some times that you need to be more a little more diligent if you ever have shortness of breath if you ever have a pain in your chest when you inhale in fact any kind of chest pain (laughs) if you have chest pain that is a red flag if it's ever hard to breathe I mean when you're if you struggle to breathe if you are groggy and having a hard time understanding what people are saying to you or if you're having a hard time talking and explaining yourself to someone else. Or 
if you're dehydrated but you can't drink fluids, you can't keep them down or you or you just you just you just don't feel up to it. You just can't drink fluids. If the stuff you cough up is brown or red or if any part of your body has a bluish tinge, your your fingernails, your toenails, you know, if anything's anything looks a little blue. That means you're cyanotic. Look at you. How about me? Fancy pants over there across the dining room table. Mm -hmm. If you have any of those symptoms, then you either go to the hospital or you call 911. Or you have someone do it for you. Uh, This is an emergency. It means whatever we thought you had, the flu, coronavirus, a cold, it, it, no, it's become more serious. It's life-threatening. Pneumonia, whatever they told you you had, it, it has progressed. And uh, when you're being deprived of oxygen, you get tired. You have a hard time thinking, speaking, or understanding. If your lungs are too congested, they, they let you know. And that message comes in the form of pain or shortness of breath. Brown or red stuff uh, coming out is blood. That means your lungs are in big trouble, and that needs to be looked into. Blue body parts means they're not being oxygenated. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't care if you were at the hospital 10 minutes ago, you turn around and go back in, or if you don't like those folks, you go across town and go to a different one, but you fight for your right to be alive because, uh, as someone with asthma, never underestimate how important every breath you take is and the efficiency of the breaths you take. Just because your chest is going up and down doesn't mean the efficiency of those breaths are are, are up good to snuff. up to snuff yeah people are dying of the flu and other es- respiratory illnesses like corona right now but it doesn't have to be you so uh finally how do we prevent coronavirus well number one uh we have we heard this before wash your hands you're filthy wash your hands it's disgusting and uh m- even as important maybe more important don't touch your face just don't. Thank God I never do that. Oh, my God. Where's the <laughs> lightning strike? Oh, my God. Uh, no, don't. Eyes, nose, mouth. Uh, this this is where 99% of how you get sick occurs. You know, uh, don't touch your face. Uh, avoid contact with the sick, of course. And let's see. And we're going to have to just wait and see if we have a measles situation or an Ebola situation with how contagious this thing is. Because right now, we just don't know. I mean, we're just on, kind of on a, hmm, shrugging our shoulders. Wait and see. Uh, yeah, we're in a holding pattern. <laughs> but my last comment is just for fun. Okay. Okay. So I happen to know that I have a few conspiracy theorists out there in podcast land. Uh-huh. I do not happen to be one of them, and I have to kind of stress that, but you guys do fill my heart with joy with your never-ending ideas on everything from my moon story to assassinations, which I've explained are really not my thing. We kind of, we're just not into the mob stuff or the assassination. I am. Are you? Yeah. Mob stuff for sure. Irishman? Great movie. Oh, no, but I mean on our part, like oh, covering no. like, no. you know. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, like mob hits, no. It's not it's wormy not enough. Crime. No, it's not worm stories, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So assassinations are not worm worm stuff. No. I'm not counting worm stuff. However, this part of the coronavirus is just for you guys. Ooh. Yeah, this is special. This mm-hmm. is special coronavirus news. Okay. This new coronavirus began in China, which, as we all know, is an authoritarian government known to experiment on its own people. China has had a serious PR problem with Hong Kong and its continued protest. The world, constantly watching, has said Hong Kong should be allowed to continue to protest. And although China is known to violate human rights, a huge portion of why Hong Kong was originally protesting, China has been, for the first time in history, unable to do much of anything to stop that embarrassment. Because, of course, the world is watching. They are indeed. So the only thing they could really do is pass laws Oh, a month or two ago, maybe a little longer, the outlawed wearing masks. Of course, if you want to protest, you should be willing to show your face. The idea being, if you believe in your cause, you won't hide behind a mask. Tricky, tricky, tricky for an airborne virus that would be coming shortly. Tricky stuff. Although some violence has erupted, The embarrassment for mainland China has continued as the world has supported Hong Kong's right to protest and as the world has continued to keep a watchful eye on China and making them allow for this rebellious behavior that China finds unbearable. Mm -hmm. Enter the new coronavirus. Suddenly, the Chinese government has taken its authoritative regime and shut down all public gatherings, canceled the New Year celebrations, which is extremely important in the Chinese culture, closed the airport and transportation, all in an effort to stop the spread and prevent a global health crisis, and of course, to save lives. So they're the good guys, is they're what you're the saying. They're the good guys. Mm-hmm. The entire world, in turn, including governments, including the United States government, mm-hmm. the WHO, and the CDC, has applauded them sure. and their efforts. Why not? And what about Hong Kong? Who? And by who, I mean the question, not the World Health Organization. Everyone is all but forgotten, little Hong Kong. Because right now, we're focused on how well the Chinese government has contained this crisis. Okay. This, this regime... This authoritative regime has done a wonder protecting the whole world from this threat. Mm-hmm. I like, yeah, it sounds so good. So far, so good, yeah. right? I think Thank they've God done a good they, job. they've done a very good job. And I said the moment this 
virus struck, I said to you, well now, this will be interesting. This will be very interesting. And I said, uh, this gives them full authority to do anything they need to do to stop this virus. Yeah, I recall. I was very concerned about just how far their ability to contain this virus will go. Mm-hmm. In fact, Hong Kong has now been chosen by mainland China as a perfect quarantine site to house infected patients with the coronavirus. Hmm. Insert evil maniacal grin here. Hong Kong, already <laughs> suffering huge financial blows with the trade war and in all but destroyed tourism industry due to their protests, now face being labeled the sixth city. Something I predicted at the beginning of the outbreak. I actually said to you, they will find a way to insert the coronavirus into Hong Kong as punishment for this behavior. Now, I thought that they would do it secretly. It never even crossed my mind it would be open and notorious. Mm -hmm. This happenstance outbreak, if it was by chance, of course, Mm -hmm. would be China's ticket to stomp Hong Kong back into submission was pretty much exactly what I said would occur. And now they are already, they've already confiscated buildings specifically to quarantine the sick on Hong Kong. So have fun, you crazy kids. This should be enough to keep you conspiracy theorists busy for days. You know, I I don't often get the opportunity to say this, but I'm going to do it now. You were right. (laughs) (laughs) I when I when I said it, I really thought it would be sneaky. I thought it would be, oh, crud. Look, everyone in Hong Kong's getting sick. Um, How did that happen? We it's because we didn't quarantine them because we were allowing them to protest. Mm -hmm. I thought that's how it would happen. I never crossed my mind that it would be such an open and notorious act. Well, we'll go ahead and get you fitted for your new foil hat. (laughs) Well, no, this actually is happening. Anyway, my sources for warm news is canoe.com. For the uh, stuff on the coronavirus is the National Center for Biotechnology Information, United States National Library of Medicine, the CDC, and the LA Times. Wow. it's a lot of research, baby. Yeah, you got to go into the big big stuff. Uh, well, I'm glad I was just the straight man. I didn't have to do any research. <laughs> so anything else? Rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff? Yeah, go to social media if you want to see the blob. And get ready for the merch giveaway. Oh, my gosh. Is it coming soon? It is. All right. So until next time. Live big. Rest in peace. The The worms worms are are waiting. waiting.